The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning and welcome. My name is Joe Chapeau and I'm the Young Adult Coordinator and Ministerial Assistant here at the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. And my name is Meg McGuire and I have the privilege of serving as Ministerial Intern this year here at UUSF. Welcome to this young adult-led service. We're so glad you all are here. It has been my pleasure to serve our young adult community and coordinate a ministry for them. We have done many, many things the last six years and have weathered the crisis together. Over 40 young adults have become members of our congregation since I started, including several who joined during the pandemic. You may remember the last young adult-led service in August of 2019, which was a project of the Young Adult Ministry Committee here. This service, though, is born of a recent class for young adults focused on UU theologies. As we studied together over the course of six weeks, we reflected on the theological legacies of our living tradition and the ways that leaders in our movement have been continually adapting and repairing and reclaiming these legacies. It became abundantly clear that theology is a work in progress always and something that we co-create in an ongoing way. And it is part of how we honor where we've come from, how we ground in who we are and must be today and how we live into who we are becoming. And it's this simple reminder that becoming is always ongoing and always shared that blossomed into the theme for today's service. Fittingly, Becoming Together is also the name of one of UU San Francisco's longest standing young adult ministries, a drop-in small group program where participants practice deep sharing of our unique stories and committed listening to one another. I wanna thank Lynn Pincus and Alex Strail who have been lay managing the program for the last couple of years. Their hard work and dedication has made Becoming Together easily the most successful ministry I have run here at UU San Francisco. So in the spirit of intentional adaptation, we're going to change up a few things this morning. So we encourage you to download the order of service from the description of this video or on our website if you haven't already, which will allow you to follow along if you choose, or just sit back and settle in to this worship experience. Many, many people are instrumental in bringing this service together. So we want to take a moment to recognize and appreciate the many people who helped put on this morning's worship. Starting, of course, with our tech team, our AV and sound expert, Jonathan Silk, Shuli Ong and Eric Shackelford, who are on our now mini cameras, Jonah Berquist, who is filling in on our chat so that Joe can be here, um, and Leland Jones, our sexton this morning, um, Amy Kelly, who provided and curated the beautiful flowers that we're enjoying, we are grateful to Mark Subner, our choir director, for coordinating our musical offerings this morning. He is joined by soloist Asher Davidson and special guest Maddie Gerlach. And we'll enjoy a pre-recorded piece by Jamie Doherty. 
We'll also share in pre-recorded reflections from a number of young adults from Audrey McDougall and Aitana Sierra Valdez and Alfie Yang and Sarah Fried. And of course, Meg and I are joined in the sanctuary this morning by Vanessa Vandalin. We also want to take a moment as we do each Sunday to acknowledge and express gratitude for all of you who, while not here in body, are part of knitting together the fabric of this community and therefore essential in worship. And so we light our blue candle as we have each Sunday since the pandemic began, bringing you into this space. So let's enter worship together now, singing our opening hymn, number 389, Gathered Here. Gathered here in the mystery of the Please join me now in saying the words of our unison chalice lighting. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. All right, we got a few brief invitations for everyone. In, in your order of service, in addition to the information about today's worship, You'll find information about many upcoming events and offerings in this congregation, opportunities to connect with others, to learn and to practice together. I hope you'll read through and consider joining any of them. I wanna draw your attention to just a couple key items. Whether you're a newcomer or a longtime member, you're invited to join us for the Zoom coffee hour after the service. These days, you'll find that in addition to the regular opportunities to connect with members and friends of this community in small groups, there are special breakout rooms, a conversation led by Donald Mattuson to discuss today's sermon, and a special breakout room led by the, an eighth principal task force member. Today, it's Cal Ball and Judith Stoddard, where you can learn about and reflect on the eighth principle and what it means for USF. In addition, this Friday, April 23rd at 3 p.m., Faith in Action is holding a vigil for respect and dignity for all San Franciscans 
at the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. The vigil calls for a just and accessible process for the city's rent relief program. Reverend Vanessa and Meg will both be there. Next Saturday, April the 24th at 7 p.m. is the Pagan Interest Circle's annual monthly full moon ritual. They invite you to an earth honoring ritual during their regular time, which falls just after their Earth Day. More information about the event and how to attend can be found in the order of service. That is all I wanna call your attention to at this time. I invite you to read through the rest of the order of service and check out these and other upcoming events. In our theologies class, we are constantly reminded of the beauty and the challenge of our theological diversity. We didn't always agree, sometimes on small things, and often big ones, but we stayed in conversation, and we talked a lot about what it is that holds us together as Unitarian Universalists. Without a creed or uniformity of belief, it is the promises that we make together that keep our community together. Some of these are expressed in our congregational covenant, I invite you now to join me in saying aloud this simple and difficult affirmation of how we strive to be together. You can find the words printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom and to help one another. As you know, our congregation is in the process of learning about the proposed eighth principle of Unitarian Universalism. Through the eighth principle, we would affirm and promote journeying toward spiritual wholeness by working to build diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. Members will vote on its inclusion in our annual meeting in June. But in the meantime, the Eighth Principal Task Force is working hard to make sure that we're informed not just about the history and purpose of the principle, but also about what it means to members of this community. 
Today marks the beginning of a series of member testimonials about the Eighth Principle. And in the coming weeks, we'll hear from members representing some of the diversity of this congregation, different ages, races, genders, and tenures with UUSF about what the Eighth Principle means to them. Today, young adult member and lead teacher Audrey McDougall offers our first Eighth Principle testimonial. Good morning, my name is Audrey and I've been working with the youth in this congregation for the last six years. I'm currently the lead teacher of the teenage youth group and I'm excited to share my thoughts with you today. As a lifelong Unitarian Universalist, I really value questioning and the beauty that comes from not knowing because it positions us to receive more from ourselves, each other, and our communities. In my job as a social worker, I get to question a lot. I bear witness and receive stories and walk alongside those who may be in pain or alone. At its best, my work feels like the work of justice making. But like many of our country's systems, the profession of social work has a long history of injustice and specifically doing harm to communities of color and by white women such as myself. I perpetuated this harm recently in an experience with a black client. Our relationship had grown slowly as he shared with me his mistrust of white professionals and systems. And over time, I did my best to hold his stories and his growing trust with care. But one day I made a mistake, a seemingly small one, but it wasn't small to him. And he let me know. For over an hour on the phone, he expressed his anger, his disappointment, and his exhaustion at having been let down again. And I just listened and I cried and I took it in, but I was not sure what to say or do. I felt sad and ashamed and hopeless. I even considered quitting my job. I felt like, how can I be a part of a system that can evoke this much pain? But I knew that that truly wouldn't help because shame is an emotion with no purpose. So I thought, if I'm going to call myself a social worker, I think I need to hold my shame aside to see it all, the truth in the system and my role in it. I believe I have an obligation to do better and to reshape the profession for a better future with less harm. I realized I was lucky to witness the impact of this harm because it's too often invisible to people of privilege like myself. So without any answers, I just showed up the next day, and luckily he did too. I don't know what's going to happen or if he will continue to show up for this relationship, but I know that if social work is going to evolve and heal, that I have to turn toward what is hurting. I have to stay in the conversation and keep myself accountable and keep listening. 
The amazing thing about our institution as Unitarian Universalists is that it listens to us. We have an active, alive relationship with our church, and it ebbs and flows directly with the calls of its congregants. It's not fixed or rigid, like some systems in this country that may be stuck in the past. It can evolve to meet the needs of the time. And what greater need right now than addressing racism? So I'm proud to be a member of a religion that challenges us to grow, and I know that it can't grow without us. We are lucky to have voices in this community that are shining a light on harm that has occurred, that is occurring, and also on a way forward with our eighth principle. We get the amazing opportunity to listen and learn and open our doors wider to a more inclusive love. The eighth principle won't solve racism, but it can set our faith on a course toward greater justice. It's meaningful to me as a social worker, as a Unitarian Universalist, and as someone who isn't done learning or growing. I'm inviting others to come along on this journey, and I'm excited and grateful to our beloved community for doing this work together. Thank you. I invite you to join me now as we go a little deeper together by saying our meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service. You can listen to our song leader if this is your first time singing it, and then join as we sing it together a few more times. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes, we ring our gong today in honor of four such places of suffering and struggle. As we have since July of 2019, we ring our gong first for the lives held and lost in federal custody in our detention camps. 
We ring our gong for the more than 500 children now permanently separated from their families, for all people held without charges, without transparency, and without some of the most basic human rights. For all who bear the brunt of this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters in our nations and our world's history of xenophobia, racism, and greed. We ring the gong seven times for this week of days in which these violations have continued. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week to COVID-19, losses of life, of security, of connection. We hold in our hearts these losses and we name with gratitude all who have been on the front lines throughout this pandemic and all who are working to get the vaccine produced and distributed and administered around the world. We ring our gong additionally once this morning for the eight people whose lives were lost to gun violence this week in Indianapolis in a tragedy that feels all too familiar. We ring our gong for Dante Wright, for the greater Minneapolis community, already steeped in the pain of police violence, reliving the trauma and grief of George Floyd's murder. We ring our gong for 13-year-old for Adam Toledo and for the black people and people of color across this country living today with one layer more of grief and fear with yet another loss for the inconceivable toll of this reoccurring loss on body and spirit. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can. I invite you to hold yourself with gentleness this hour. In this time with multiple compounding losses, prolonged and acute, personal and collective, if you find yourself disturbed by what counts as normal, if grief swells up in you unexpectedly, Know that this is not only okay, 
but an expression of your love. If you find yourself numb or your heart closed off, know that this is not only okay, it is enough. I invite you into this delicate paradox, honoring what is, allowing wherever you find yourself, holding it all with compassion, and remembering that you, that we, are powerful that you, that we, are constantly changing and transforming. As we enter into this time of shared silence, I invite you to hold yourself gently in this paradox and let yourself feel the tender nudges toward your becoming. source of being and becoming, inhabiting the space between what has been and what is, the space between what is and what will be. Help us to remember, as Octavia Butler prophesized, that in each moment of encounter, there is change. Us changing what is around us, the world changing us back. To remember that the only lasting truth is change. Help us to remember that embracing this, we can be powerful beyond measure, but that our becoming demands our participation. Help us to remember that the world is always being remade. But how it will be depends on our co-creation. Spirit of becoming, may we ground this day in our power and our possibility that we may continue becoming who we want to be for ourselves and each other. May it be so.
I invite you to join me now in singing hymn number 1003, Where Do We Come From? Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Where do we come from? What are we? reading this morning is titled A Litany for Becoming, and it comes to us from the Enfleshed Project, which creates and curates spiritual resources for collective liberation. To become is a lifelong process. Nothing is constant, not even the self. We evolve in the midst of narratives meant only for some and ways of being made narrow by fear and power. We must then have the courage to listen to the truth of our own lives, to the wisdom that comes from within, responding without resistance or need to control, but with welcome and curiosity. This is what ensures our becoming is an unfolding of our truest self. This lifelong labor cannot be carried out alone. It requires help from friends and lovers, family and lifetime companions who bear witness to what makes us come alive, to say to us, listen, look, feel, pay attention to that. This, this is, is loving, loving and being loved. Telling the stories, sharing in memories, giving thanks for relationships, understandings, and experiences past that has shaped us to this day. Celebrating new beginnings that excite, holding risks together, leaning into unknowns with the promise of support and companionship. 
listening to the future, calling uniquely to each of us in the midst of all of life's noise, helping one another find our place in the shared labor of collective life, supporting each other in what it is the world's ache is asking from us. This, this is loving and, and being loved. To say for the first time, this is who I am. This is the truth of my body. This is what I know about myself. This is my name, and this is where my path is leading me. And to have it heard, have it received, have it affirmed, and then to say it again and again, as we change and as the world changes, and to have each proclamation greeted with an open-armed embrace. There is no me without you. We shape one another. The sacred that birthed us weaves our lives together so that we can only find ourselves through shared becoming. This, this is loving and being loved. For my journey and all its winding ways, for yours. For all who labored for what is, all the kin whose lives made ours possible. For all those yet to come, for who living our truths today will mean breaking possibilities open for them tomorrow. We, we pause, we, we give thanks, we acknowledge. This, this is loving and being loved. Here ends our reading. Good morning. My name is Alfie. I'm one of the young adult members. I want to share with you what I learned in my mother's house in Korea a couple of days ago. I'm visiting my family right now and still in still quarantine in my mother's house, which is far from the city and surrounded by green plants and mountains. I feel grateful to be able to refresh my body in this peaceful space. And most of all, I feel so loved by my family. I have been visiting Korea every other year, but have never stayed more than five days. The first reason was I worried about my cat I left behind in San Francisco. But the other reason was that I felt I did not spend, I did not need to spend more time with anyone than having lunch with them. However, thanks to the pandemic, I had to stay 14 days this time, and I'm having a very special time in my life listening to my mother's story. Even though I lived my with my mother until I went to high school and later I stayed with her a couple more years, I've not had much time to have a real deep conversation with her since I became an adult. I've just listened to my mom's story. She went from being a beloved first daughter to, to a rebellious woman, strong wife, wounded mother, and wise single person, and now she is just herself. This is what I did not know before, and I had ignored the truth in our lives, both hers and mine. It is an ongoing story. I am in a big transition in my life, just as she was in her late 20s. She probably struggled with preparing for marriage, learning how to live with her partner, 
and teaching me through our journey together. Every time I have found myself complaining about my partner's eating habits, the same as my mother used to do about her partner, more and more I realize that I am like her. I am becoming her. I am representing her life and truth and I'm making our lives better as she dreamed to do. I feel grateful that she gave her blessing for my gay marriage, which is very unusual in Korean culture. And she supported me by giving her rings and saying that she knows I can do it well. For a long time, since I left her house in my old 20s, I thought my relationship with her was almost over because we did not live together anymore. And maybe I have not listened to her voice saying that to me, I know you. During this quarantine, in this very special time, I happened to find the forgotten truth in my life, that there is someone who loves me, trusts me, and knows that I can take our lives forward. Even though my life may not be easy and may be full of failures and disappointments, now I'm sure that I can challenge myself because I know that I am her love, her tears, her adventure, and her truth. This is a song about moving into a new stage of life, figuring out who you want to be and what you want to do. It's called Suit and Jacket. It's by a group called Jude and the Lion.
so I can figure out who I am. Good morning. My name is Aitana Sierra Valdez, and I will be sharing a short reflection with you all today. So, the night of the 2016 election, I was curling up next to my father on the couch and said, Daddy, I'm scared. I was only 14 at the time and had my eyes glued on the news that day, much like many other people. Throughout the whole campaign trail, I had heard empty assurances from my friends and family. Words that spoke confidently, telling me that the reality we have lived for the last five years wasn't possible. Already at 14, I had adopted a pretty liberating worldview with the internet at my fingertips. One of justice, peace, nonviolence, and other similar qualities. I was just learning what it meant to live in the world as a marginalized person, a woman, an undocumented immigrant, questioning my orientation, my identity, and finding out that I have ADHD. But because of my surroundings, I was always on edge, waiting to prove somebody wrong. I felt like I couldn't express my opinions without getting into a heated debate. I felt torn apart, angry, and disappointed because most of the time I didn't say anything. And when I did speak, I struggled to do so without shouting. When I looked at my friends, I felt a loss of innocence I didn't know I had. And of course, through all this, I was struggling with my spirituality. I wanted something great to believe in, something promising and comforting. And after a lucky convoluted series of events, I attended my first Unitarian Universalist service in early 2019. And for the past couple of years, I have felt at home in my congregation, like I could breathe and let my guard down. I thought my whole life I would have to fight tooth and nail to prove to the world that I was worth as much as everybody else. And lately, and it seems for most of my life, as I have found myself fighting through seemingly endless struggles, the Reverend Gretchen Haley and her words have inspired me to surrender. Quote, Give up the longing for some other world, the wishing for other choices to make, other songs to sing, other bodies, other ages, other countries, other stakes. End quote. Through these hardships, I've learned that there is so much power in surrendering to my life where I've been and where I am. Because it's helped me realize that my worth and dignity never needed to be earned or proved. It's always been there. It's in surrendering to the rain that I have found strength to blossom and become who I am now. I've made it when there were so many times I thought I couldn't take it anymore. I don't know when I'll make it through this, time in my life, but I've made it before. I know I can do it again. So while the present feels painful compared to what's behind or what could be, there's also no rush. The day I feel better is on the horizon. But today, I choose to, quote, 
Surrender only to this day, this hour, this breath. Not because it does not constantly break your heart, but because it too beckons with beauty and startles with delight. End quote. Thank you. May it be so. Today's offering is for the Young Adult Revival Network, a.k.a. YARN. Two years ago, I started a project here at UU San Francisco to initiate a conversation of what, what happened to the National Unitarian Universalist Young Adult Network. The tragic truth is that the network was starved of resources and allowed to die. Today, this project is now an audacious effort to rebuild the continental Unitarian Universalist young adult community and is being led by dozens of Unitarian Universalist young adults across the United States and Canada. Your contributions today will help Yarn pay for needed services so that the project can continue. Thank you in advance. Sometimes I will walk alone Sometimes I will walk afraid Sometimes I will lose my step Sometimes my vision will fade I can listen to my heart I can listen Dark, there I'll find. 
Good morning. My name is Sarah Freed, and I am delighted to be with you all this morning. Before I begin, I feel it's important to name that I am writing and recording this reflection in the wake of the murder of Dante Wright last Sunday at the hands of police. And in the midst of the Derek Chauvin trial, which has caused a reliving of the trauma many experienced this summer following the murder of George Floyd. The work that I'm sharing today is only possible because of the generations of Black activists who have led the charge in addressing the racism in our systems of policing and incarceration. May the memory of all those who have lost their lives to systemic racism remain in our hearts and our minds and embolden our collective work toward liberation. I am currently a Master of Divinity and Master of Arts in Social Transformation student at Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley. For almost a year now, I have been serving on the seminary's Community Safety Task Force, which was formed in response to a spike in police presence on our campus during the first few months of shelter in place last spring. The core of our work has been exploring ways our school can engage alternatives to calling the police. But our longer term vision is for the institution to make a commitment to abolition, which we hope is not only reflected in our policies specific to campus safety, but in all aspects of our life together, from the curriculum we teach in the classroom to the ways in which we navigate conflict amongst each other. While I can often get caught up in the logistical work, scheduling meetings, managing the budget, coordinating workshops, our work runs so much deeper. We are exploring the gaps between our school's stated values and our actions. We're working to repair the harm that this gap has caused. We're embracing the unknown. We're in a process of becoming. This past school year, our task force partnered with the organization Rigorous Love to host what we've called Sacred Conversations on Safety. Each conversation has centered the voices of a particular population within our campus community, students, faculty, staff, administration, and trustees. I have found these times to be moments of holy becoming, Moments when we have engaged the practice of deep, authentic listening and witnessing, as well as the vulnerable sharing of our truths and hopes and fears and anxieties. These conversations have helped me to understand how the work to change our institutional stance on policing is so different than changing any other school policy. This work is deeply personal for everyone who has been involved. For some, it's meant unearthing trauma due to past experiences of police brutality. For others, including myself as a white individual, it's meant grappling with the truth that the reality that was created for them and for me regarding safety and policing is false. Those with positive, relation to, positive relationships with the police have found this work to be risky, even upsetting. But in each conversation, we lean into the unknown just a little bit more, knowing that our temporary personal discomfort leads to a community where all can thrive. At the end of our 
sacred conversations on safety, our facilitator shared this quote from Linda Christensen, which says, community isn't always synonymous with warmth and harmony. It's important to remind ourselves that real community is forged out of struggle. This is the crucible from which a real community grows, end quote. This is becoming. The moment when we choose to endure the hard, uncomfortable thing together. When we embrace the growing pains because we know that in the end, they will make us more loving, more caring, more compassionate. Choosing to make the commitment to the work of becoming together is our first step on the journey toward justice. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear?
someone to carry you when you're broken on the ground. Well, wow, thank you, Maddie and Mark and Jonathan and Asher. That was amazing. It's a rare treat to have such a performance in the sanctuary. And so may we hold with gratitude all that we have been. And may we honor this moment, who and how we are, and with hopeful anticipation and committed action, may we look toward all that we can and will become. May the light of love shine upon us, out from within us, be gracious unto us, and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.